Hello, we're um, here today with my long-suffering colleague, Natalie, uh, who I've worked with for probably around the last 18 years. Um, and we're, um, we're part of the, uh, the 10-minute series. So, Natalie, of course, as I said, we've worked with each other for around 19, 18, 19 years. Um, and, um, uh, you know, what you've done brilliantly uh, with your attention to detail and your ability to, uh, to present is, is effectively make me look good. So, you know, thank you so much. But, um, but look, we've only got 10 minutes uh, today, so, so let's crack on. Now, you've got a hugely important role at the in-group, but, but probably one that a lot of organisations don't have. So can you tell me a little bit about your role, scale and scope of it, what you're responsible for? So I'm director for C-suite engagement, um, which, yeah, is quite a unique role, I would say. Um, it's really focused on um, really engaging with our key stakeholders that are really important to us in our customer base. So it's giving them advice, it's giving them insights, data, it's telling them about our group, it's helping them with their careers and really just understanding what they need in their world. Thanks, Nat. Yeah, I mean, I think we've spoken about it in the past, haven't we? And I think we recognise that um, giving is possibly one of the best engagement tools that, that you have at your disposal. And, and, and I think we do that really well, and uh, especially yourself. So, so thank you. Um, so this isn't age-related in any way, shape or form, but you are a little bit of an industry legend. Um, what would you say has changed in the industry since you started several years ago? Um, well, look, it's been through a bit of an evolution, hasn't it? I think um, we're very partner-focused, we're very relationship-based. Um, I think there's still a few legacy companies out there that are perhaps a little bit more transactional, and I think back in the day, that was what the industry was like, but now it's all about forming those really, really great um, relationships with our clients, understanding their worlds, being really commercially aware, seeing what's happening in the world of innovation. I mean, you and I, Matt, we specialise in tech specifically and trying to keep ahead of all of those trends for anyone is, is difficult. But I think if you really want to do well in this space, you've got to live and breathe it and really care about it and not be at all transactional. And I'd say that's the huge leaps and bounds that the industry's been on over the last 20 years. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I have to say, I think that lots of our competitors have seen that. And and I think the the bar has been raised significantly by, by, by our competition. And I know that you and I have lots of conversations, don't we, around what's next and, and how are we going to continue to raise our game so that um, we're in the thought periphery of that community of people. Um, c- clearly, Inex, which is what this podcast is is about, we're trying to raise the brand equity of the business as part of the in-group, and we know that the in-group was raised um, uh, to change the narrative for the visual structure of the business. Um, from your perspective, Inex technology has aspirations of being the, the kind of destination, the obvious destination of travel for C-tech leaders. What is it in your mind that 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 sets us apart that means that they should gravitate toward us? I think quite a few of them have known us a long time, so they've, they've almost grown up with us, right? So we may have, um, you know, our, our contacts 10, 20 years ago might have been um, business analysts and project managers, and now they're the, the CIOs, the CTOs um, of this world. And 
I think you've got that long-term track record and, and that sort of growth journey with each other. You've shared a few pains. You've helped each other in, in careers. You've helped to build teams, etc. So I think that definitely sets us apart, though, of course, there are other people that have been in the industry a long time as well. Um, our events, our insights, our data, our thought leadership, you know, I think we were part of a company that was a pioneer in that space and you and I both played a really big role in in really getting that brand out there and building some of their thought leadership and we want to take that forward here and create things that are really insightful that are that are different perhaps to what other people um, offer and that are really we, we want to stay ahead of what's on the mind of tech leaders and not decide that we know what's on their minds. We want to ask them, we want to ask their their boards what's on their mind in tech. And we just want to be ahead of the game so that when people come to us for information, we've already got it at our disposal. Thanks. And, and I think one of the key tools that we're going to use in order to, to bring that to life is the view from the boardroom. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we started with a pilot um, publication last year, which was really aimed at understanding what the board's view of technology is rather than understanding what the tech, tech leaders view of technology is. So it's, it's wanting to know both, you know, what, what do the tech leaders think, but also what do their boards think? Because sometimes there's a bit of a difference between the two mindsets. And really, that's important knowledge. That's important knowledge to the board. And it's important knowledge to the tech leaders. You know, what are the priorities of the board? Do the tech leaders understand that? Have they got it a little bit wrong? How, how can we help share that knowledge? Um, so that was a bit of a pilot. It was a, a small study. This year, it's going to be bigger and better. And we're going to be really excited to get that out to people. Um, hopefully, Q1 of 2024. Okay, so your your track record really does speak for itself. You headed up the CIO practice globally in a in a previous life. You then went to one of the the Shrek firms and spent a couple of years working for them. So you know we're we're really grateful to to have you working here in in the in group. But but let's find out a little bit more about you. So we've got some some kind of funnish questions. Um, Tell me, what, what book or podcast are you reading or listening to at the moment? I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts. That's probably terrible. Um, but I'm reading two books at the moment. One is an audio book, which is called Lessons in Chemistry by, um, I think it's Bonnie Jermis, but I might have said that surname incorrectly. Um, and I'm also reading another uh, novel called Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. So I'm a bit of a literature novel reader rather than a podcast doer I'm afraid but uh, there you go very good um I think I know the answer to this thank you so well so when you're not working what is it you're doing <laughs> treading the boards <laughs> <laughs> so I've been involved in um, dancing and theatre and all sorts since the age of I think dancing since two theatre since nine and I still am involved in all sorts of local theatre groups and I thought you were going to say house renovation and walking a dog. So maybe I've got a bit to learn, although I do, of course. <laughs> do know, that as well. I do know that um, uh, about you. Um, if you could compete in the Olympics, what sport would you be competing at? It'd have to be something like, um, is it called the um, rhythmic gymnastics or something, where they twirl those batons about and do all that dancing about in the sparkly outfits? That would have to be me. That's what you're going for. <laughs> That's what, That's I'm, going what for. You're going That's for. I'm going for. Brilliant. Yeah. What was your first job? Very first job was working in a, on a mar on a jewellery market stall in Warsaw Market, that really glamorous place. Wow, my family background, market stalls, there you go. There you go. Um, do you have a favourite quote or words that you live by? 
Um, I had to really think about this because I've got a few, but one is from Shakespeare. Of course it is. And he says, the fault is not in our stars, but in ourselves. And what he's trying to say there is, um, it's a line from, I think, Julius Caesar. And he's, he's saying, don't think that God or fate or the world can decide your destiny. It's in your own hands. Uh, you know, we, we, we're free agents. You're we can make decisions about actions. things. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, I quite yeah. like that. Okay. Really good. Thank you. So, uh, rapid fire response. You ready? Mm-hmm. You sure? Yep. Let's go. Okay. Teams meeting or in person? In person. Of course. Summer or winter? Summer. Why? Because my house is freezing cold and a single <laughs> paint <laughs> windows. Morning or evening? Morning. Climb a mountain or skydive? Climb a mountain. Cats or dogs? Dogs. When watching TV shows, one episode at a time or binge them all? One episode. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Extrovert. Would you rather travel to the past or travel to the future? Travel to the future. Are you a thinker or a doer? Both. Am I allowed to say both? <laughs> well, it's exactly what I thought. When I read that, I thought you're going to say both. So that tells me that... Um, we know each other got, quite well. When you've got good self-reflection skills. Uh, what's your favourite board game? Oh, I don't really do board games. I tell you what I do like, though. You know those um, like wordles and connections and all that from the Sunday Times? I do that sort That's of stuff. That's what you do. <laughs> if a CEO asked for your advice, what would you say? I suppose that's pretty contextual, so make of that question what you will. I would say surround yourself with people who are different to you and who can give you different ideas and who aren't yes people who will perhaps challenge and bring new insights because gone are the days where leaders surround themselves with people that are like them. So, you know, that would probably be the advice advice I would give. Good advice. So one final question and we're going to head back to tech here. What do you expect in 2024 in terms of technology and, and what do you think will be the game changers? I think the really obviously one here is generative AI. We've had event and a few mm-hmm. events on this, um, articles on it, and we've got to know it a little bit, perhaps more than the layman, though I think it's really in the, the thought process of everyone at the mm-hmm. moment. And I think particularly in the short term in 2024, a lot of our tasks that we want to get rid of can be outsourced to Gen AI to make our lives easier and to free up our time to do the more exciting stuff. Yes. Whilst an obvious answer, it's a really relevant one, isn't it? Because it's Mm -hmm. on the thought periphery of absolutely everybody. And I think there are very few people or organisation who have landed on a framework for AI within their organisation. So they've not got that kind of governance and, and, and that kind of freedom within a framework. Um, but every chief exec, CIO, CFO that I know, it's on there, very much on their agenda. And I know you're looking into it across yeah. across TIG and INX and so forth at the moment. Exciting so, and frightening yeah. in equal measures, eh? Brilliant. Um, well, thank you so much, Natalie. Really enjoyed uh, the conversation with you. And I think next time you'll be sat in my seat and asking the questions. This has been INX 10 Minutes. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.